Hello everybody, it is the time of year to begin registering for one or two of my slow groups that begin in July. My slow groups are these special groups where I focus on one topic and we deeply unpack it over the course of six months. So these are highly nuanced, deep dive, advanced groups. These are excellent for those of you who have taken my six week course or who just want to focus on one particular topic through a somatic and trauma-informed lens. The two that are opening up in July, or will begin in July, are my embodied parenting group and my embodied nutrition group. The embodied parenting group is just like it sounds, learning how to parent from your body, learning how to ground yourself in your parenting so you're not parenting from a reactive triggered place, but from a much more conscious place so you can actually find joy in your parenting instead of it being a total hellscape, like some of you have told me it is, and I've experienced it myself. The other group is an embodied nutrition group. This has been requested for years. For the past four years after students complete my course, they say, can you please do a course on nutrition and make it longer than six weeks? So finally, I can say, yes, you can, and I can, and I did. It is a six-month unpacking of the intersection between trauma nutrition, and somatics. How do we recover from stress and trauma via food? How do we relate to food as a being and not just some object on the plate? What's the biochemistry of food? Why is it not the best for my blood sugar to have toast, but lentils are just fine if they're both carbohydrates? All of this and more will be unpacked in this six-month group. To register for these groups, please go to my website, holisticlifenavigation.com, and click Groups or you can click the link in the episode details below. Registration closes on June 1st. It is only open through May because we need the month of June to prepare everybody for July. I'm looking forward to this deep dive with you all. I'll see you there. On today's episode, I meet with Byron Katie, one of my teachers who teaches us how thoughts create a biology and create our lives. And I even get to do the work with her, which was really beautiful. All the fear in the world can be dealt with, with an open mind. All the fear in the world, and I invite people not to believe me, but to test it. All the fear in the world is a state of mind. And there's something we can do about that. We can identify it, move it to paper, get quiet, meditate in these questions. Welcome to the Holistic Life Navigation Podcast, where we discuss every aspect of life through the lens of somatic psychology, nutrition, and self-inquiry. My name is Luis Mojica, and I'm a somatic educator who teaches people how to find safety inside themselves so they can better navigate this strange and sensational human experience. Your time to learn begins now. I am here with Byron Katie. Welcome, Byron Katie. Thank you, Luis. I'm just so thrilled to be looking at you right now because I've I've looked to you many times over the years as like a teacher, you know, watching replays and listening to audios. So it's it's like psychedelic to be in real time. So this, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for thanks for being my psychedelic right now. Oh, absolutely good with me. <laughs> okay, so where do I even begin? Actually, 
Let's start with just introducing people who aren't familiar with you to this work, the work of Iron Katie. Maybe just a brief explanation of, of what it is and how you stumbled okay. upon it. Okay, so the work is a way to identify the cause of our suffering, all of our suffering, and how to question it. So simple. Mm-hmm. And how does it work? Well, to identify what we're thinking and believing you know, it's it's like if if um, someone says uh, there's something wrong with you, Byron Katie, and and it, and I just my feelings are just so hurt and everything. Then I notice what's running in my head. They're unfair. They're unkind. You know, I I want them to apologize. All of that. Well, I have a sheet for that. There are six questions on it. And it, it is an exercise in stillness and sitting in that egoic state where I'm so hurt and answering the six questions on that paper. I call it a judge and neighbor worksheet. And then I go back and question Every single thought the ego offered up in response to what that person said and did to me. And, you know, because that's what it feels like. And, um, and it gives us a really good life, Louise, one of understanding and and I think my favorite of all is is the way we become responsible for our mind and life, mm-hmm. body and um, our our body responds to um, to self love. Mm. Another right thing I love yeah. about the questions is as we ask them, like uh, that person hurt my feelings, and I ask myself the first question, is it true that that person hurt my feelings? And I meditate in that. Okay, I recall what that person said. They said, I don't like you, Byron Katie. They hurt my feelings. Is it true? Is it true? And then, you know, wisdom, if we allow it, wisdom will meet that question. And it goes beyond our identity. Mm-hmm. It meets the question. And so we're... Um, Let's but pause we're there really, a minute. Yeah, if Let's... we're really invested and and think we already know the answer, that's not this work. That's guessing. So this is what lights me up. Um, So about eight years ago is when the work came into my life. And my wife introduced it to me at first. And the way she introduced it to me was kind of like a shortcut. Like she mainly introduced the turnarounds. And at first it didn't resonate with me. I'm like, "Uh, it feels like bypassing on a way like that. And then a year later, a video came to me somehow of you doing the work with someone And I was able to actually sit through, I think it was like a 40 minute video of this person slowly questioning the thoughts with the whole process. And what was so profound for me was this felt sense of what you just said, 
the wisdom meets the question. It's not me meeting the question. It's something else. And that was so extreme. And so I just want to pause there and ask you, my listeners are so used to me talking in this language. What was that like for you to feel the something else meeting your questions? Like, What was that experience like? Undeniable authenticity. And it doesn't mean that I like what I was met with. Mm-hmm. Undeniable authenticity. See, that's that's where it's at because you also said body responds to self-love. And one of my one thing that this work really has gifted me is what I call the biology of presence. Because I'm a somatic therapist, so it's so much about using sensation to access subconscious and mind. And when I'm doing the work, when I'm living it, questioning it, breathing it in, this thing happens where when you talk about the wisdom meets the question, I'm kind of like this humble receiver of what's to come. And in that moment, I am so settled physically, like my breath, my belly, my shoulders. And I've learned through this process sensationally how the past or future shows up in constriction, but the present shows up in this kind of like ease. And so I just want to kind of riff on that with you because I find that I could be walking down the street. It's a beautiful day. And this clench happens in my chest. And now I know from this work, there's a thought I haven't met yet. There's something in me that's happening. What's that like for you? How does sensation move you into the work? Or how do you experience that? Well, you know, I, I sometimes describe life as think, feel, act, have. Mm. And I'm not the thinker. You know, I can say I'm thinking, but we can't stop thought. And it's it's a given. And and so how to meet thought with understanding. So when something like she hurt my feelings and the sound of my voice, my attitude, I felt my arm just responding to it you know it's it's so in me that i'm not experiencing someone hurting my feelings right now but it is this remembering how i react when i believe that thought and the the muscles the 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 what closes off that was flowing otherwise and the 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 mannerisms identity isn't just what we believe it to be it is um it's it's physical it's the ego's uh, attempt to be physical and run that it's um it's a it's just a you know once someone understands how to question their thoughts the physical shifts Stanford um, School of Medicine, the psychology uh, department, did a three-year test on people who were at the school for the work, and they continued to test them for three years. And and the biology, their biology shifted, and they continued to take their blood and their biome. And... and, um, 
And not only did their minds shift, but their biology shifted. Their depression continued to lessen. It's all that you were, um, were kind of pointing to on that you notice when you're in inquiry on it's um, mm, our choices because we've, we're tapping into wisdom, mm-hmm. inviting wisdom to meet these questions. Um, enlightenment happens. We get lighter. Enlightenment takes on, yeah, it really is. You get lighter. And, and because wisdom is invited into our lives through this inquiry process, our choices, like an apple or a candy bar, it's, we all, if, if, we're, if, if we're into nutrition at all, we know the right choice is the apple. Okay, so, and we often choose the candy bar. But wisdom takes care of, wisdom isn't guessing. That's why we call it wisdom. Our choices are different, you know, where, where all of a sudden where, where the cans are gone from our cupboards, the boxes are gone from our cupboards, the, the refrigerator is full of, of choices that, that, we never wanted in our refrigerator more or less like a way of of living in life and i don't know i just love that the people understand the cause of all suffering the cause of all suffering is what we're thinking and believing in any given moment and it's not our fault we don't say i think i'll think now it's not like that but it's whatever the ego offers up i am my i'm open it's like mm-hmm. bring it on, bring it mm. on. All the fear in the world can be dealt with with an open mind. All the fear in the world. And I invite people not to believe me, but to test it. All the fear in the world is a state of mind. And there's something we can do about that. We can identify it, move it to paper, get quiet, meditate in these questions. And um, and live a kinder life. I always loved when you say, and how you just said it, I invite you to test it out. Mm. Because that's really my favorite, one of my favorite things that you say, and I've, I've adopted that. I don't say test it out, but I say to people, you know, take your time to experience it. Don't believe me. Mm-hmm. Because I love the the invitation. Okay, test out what I'm saying. Don't just adopt it. And I think that might have been what really invited me to test it, test it out more when I first listened to you. And what what I what was so brilliant that I experienced as you're talking about this this constriction and the Stanford test, the studies, and um, even the choices we make, I started noticing it in my somatic psychology studies how thoughts literally create adrenaline, which is the fight or flight hormone, yeah. and how everything, all the names we have, like anxiety, PTSD, depression, it's really from these thoughts becoming biological and then tricking us into thinking they're happening now, right? And so what's really cool for me somatically with the work is there's this like biology of time travel I get to go on, 
when I'm when I'm putting the thought on paper and I'm really just like like an orange, I'm just squeezing the juice out of this one sentence, right? That seems benign. And then you go into it and you're like, whoa. And from that one sentence, it changes my biology, which affects my decisions, my thoughts, who I spend time with, everything, right? Mm-hmm. So there's something like magical, if I'm to use that word, of a thought, which is from the ether, there's no physicality to it. And in a nanosecond, it becomes physical and my life transforms and blossoms from it. I mean, doesn't that amaze you when you when you see people go through this work? It does. It's our identities shift every every time. Mm. You know, we're we're believers and it's not something we're doing on purpose. But, you know, we believed and inquiry wakes us up to um to what wasn't there in the beginning Mm. that we call life in between. Now, one piece that is, that just feels so gooey for me is, um, first off, can you just tell us those listening, the four questions? I know you said the worksheet has six, but those four primary questions when you have a thought. So the first question, is it true? And using that, that uh, she hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. Is it true? She hurt my feelings. The second question is, just to get really still. If the answer is yes, to get really still and don't change the answer, but just drop in a little, just drop in again. Is it really true she hurt my feelings? Is it really true that she hurt my feelings? And then to meditate in that, and I might wear that all day where I might just it might be um like sitting in this practice for you know 30 minutes a day 45 an hour in the morning whatever the practice is and and this is a a practice in in stillness and inquiry then the third question and the four are um notice get in touch with get still in how you react, what happens when you believe the thought, she hurt my feelings. How do I react when I... So I see an image of her doing it. I even maybe hear the sound of her voice in my head. I imagine it. It's all imagination. And, and I notice physically how I reacted when I had the thought, she hurt my feelings. So I am being still. Now, in inquiry, as I question what I was believing in that point in time as it was happening, Mm. how do I react when I think the thought? And then I get in touch with the emotions and I begin to see um, uh, the cause of everything, Louise, that you work with people. I, I see the cause of all of it and I just get still in it. Mind is cause, body is the effect, and the world is the effect of of that. It's this this circle. So um, um the the last question, oh, I'll say a little more there. How do I react when I believe the thought? I cannot experience those emotions if I don't imagine that not now time and place where she hurt my feelings. So that's not now, that was then. So I am I am then now getting in touch with physically 
emotionally, how do I react? And I believe the thought. And then I see the images in my head that were going on at the time. And now I see the cause of my, of the images. I see the, the cause of uh, my emotions, my physical, what I say, what I do in response. I, I, I'm visiting the, the world of the ego, of the asleep one from here now. And compassion happens in that fourth question, who would I be in that situation? Just listening to her words, looking at her face, being present. I couldn't do it then, but it's safe to do it from here now. Who would I be without the thought she hurt my feelings? And then now I'm in contact. I'm in touch. I'm quiet. I'm listening. I'm open. That's what I love about time. It's never too late to undo now what the ego would have us believe about then. Absolutely. And then, you know, who would I be without it? And, um, and then I turn it around. You know, she hurt my feelings, turned around. I hurt my feelings. Now, sit in that a while. In that situation, I hurt my feelings. And I've been shown the answer to those four questions. And I heard her feelings as another turnaround, another opposite. And where is it that I heard her feelings? I don't know that I did, but I'm going to quarry that. I'm going to be there now. It's the only way to do it. And, and um, if we don't get this done, we carry that grudge and it builds. And that's identity and that is physical ailment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Over a period of time, it's um, high blood pressure. It's this, it's this, it's that, and that doesn't mean we're guilty. You know, <laughs> it's just it, it is just cause and effect in what I call Earth School. Mm. <laughs> there's this, um, there's this real innocence, right? When you when you practice the work and you notice, like when you said, "I'm not guilty." This kind of like gentle innocence comes in of, oh, okay, I'm not my thoughts. They happen to my body like breathing and all I'm responsible for is noticing them and questioning them. That's really all I can do in this lifetime. Well, there's, there's, there's something else. If I said or did anything to hurt her feelings, I need to go back. It doesn't mean it, it, that, you know, she ruined my entire life and I only did this one little thing. No, I need to go back. Mm-hmm. And I need to say, you know, when I said what I said and I did what I did. Well, isn't that when the wisdom meets you? I am so sorry for that. It's starting over. It's it's, it's bringing, it's it's where mind and body can meet. And that's where physical biology shifts. Where it's the, it's the absence of guilt. It's starting over. Hmm. It's, it's, it's like leaving no footprint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I, I think of what you said about choices. And I think when I'm doing inquiry, when I'm doing the work and the wisdom shows me where I might have hurt somebody, it's like a no-brainer. You know, my body just moves to kind of repair whatever I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it settles me. It feels really nice, yeah. feels really open. 
yeah, make amends to that person is amends to myself. It's right. always all, there is no other. So how did you experience this life before the work? What was life like for you? Depression, just killer, suicidal depression, agoraphobia, just days and weeks in my bedroom, just just the inability to even have enough self-love to brush my teeth for days was horrible was horrible that's why i um that's why i do what i do it's um if i and you know if i can if i can do it anyone can do it and it's like um i i it's like being in a grave with no way out and you find the way out and it's just, it's ease. Mm -hmm. It's just um, the, the ego. I see it as a terrified child and I listen. There's nothing that I shame or blame the ego for. If, if it, it, it comes and I honor it when I move it from my mind to paper and allow it to live there and be my teacher as I question it. And eventually the ego found a home in my heart hmm. and it can rest there because, you know, that's, there's no war. The war is over until it's not. And then that's the next lesson in, in uh, art school for me. So instead of um, denying or shaming the ego, it, you really befriend it. You're kind of like nurturing it. Is that how you experience it? We can't beat the ego. No drug, no alcohol, no, no, we can't beat the ego. No momentary enlightenment that shifts our life. is. It's no contest for the ego. Yeah. <laughs> it will override. Yeah. It wants to be understood. Mm. And it is the beloved. There's no, there's nothing that isn't. Hey, my friends, I'm so excited to announce that my next six week course begins on February the 6th. Registration opens on January 12th. This course will teach you how to eat to restore your nervous system, how to find safety in yourself, how to tell the difference between threat response and intuition. And you'll leave the course with over a dozen audio exercises, PDFs, and replays for review. You'll also be invited into the membership space where you get to spend time with me and my team, learning, practicing, sharing, and being supported all throughout the week. For more information, please visit holisticlifenavigation.com and click the course. Now let's get back to the episode. That's where I, I hear you saying in the beginning of this, the body responds to self-love, right? Mm -hmm. I hear this super loving, I, I often will call it finding safety in yourself because we, we're, so, um, we, we're so practiced at trying to find safety outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And the work has shown me how to find safety in me and with me. Like, mm -hmm. right, if I, if I can find safety in the most taboo, horrible thoughts, what could ever like that's freedom isn't it yes it is mm. yes it is i think it's so special for people listening um and it's it's really why i love the work because it's it's the one that i found 
um, that just is, it's, it's like the minimalist's dream. You know, it's so simple. It's so easy to carry with you in your mind is these four questions and it just brings you into yourself. There's no concept that takes you anywhere else. It, it's it's just so simple. I just love that and it, about it. And, it. and it shows us how to live like number um, number two on the worksheet is in that situation where she hurt my feelings. What did I want mm. so I have to be there now and get in touch with what did I want? Well, mm-hmm. I wanted her to like me. Let's say that's my answer. So I write that down. And what a tall order. <laughs> You know, what a tall order, but it's what I'm expecting of her. Mm -hmm. So there's my homework. You know, just noticing throughout the day, what is it I like about me? Noticing, noticing, noticing. Mm. Not, you know, it's it's, um, the absence of denial. It's, It's owning our beauty as we are so quickly... Um, and often are able to to see our what we see as um, defects. You know, the ego's food is mm-hmm. its favorite food is guilt. I wanted to highlight the absence of denial because when you're new to self inquiry, particularly the work, uh, when you hear that question, is it true? And especially when you get to the turnarounds, like, you know, like she slapped me, turned around, I slapped me. Mm-hmm. People will start to think like, what is that? That's you're, you're denying my experience. And I, I'm, I want your take on it, but I just would like to share mine first. I, I have found in that two things. One, the work is not to prove or disprove is to expand and make, uh, make our, us are more, more flexible in our, our thoughts and our, kind of like what I'm open to experiencing becomes more flexible. So I feel like it's like a stretch. It's like a yogic stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and, mental yoga for sure. Yeah. And then I also find by the end of, I don't know if there ever is an end, but when I feel complete in the process uh, for that thought, I also notice, oh, the denial, the bypassing was my story. Like my story was causing me to bypass my reality not the other way around. So what would you say to that for people wondering? Oh, you know, um, I'd say, you know, where my mind goes as you ask it is um, filling in that that Judge Your Neighbor worksheet uh, takes care of any kind of bypass. Mm. It's it's all there. It's like checkmate. You yeah. know, it, I want, I need, you should, you shouldn't, I don't ever want to, and that's it, it's all there. And and going back just a bit, I I want her to to like me, I want me to like her in that situation. And so that requires me, like, living turnaround. So I'm sitting here. It happened yesterday. I'm sitting here and I need to um, to just get still, listen to her. And what is it that I like about her? And shockingly, I find her integrity. Mm-hmm. I wasn't liking me in that situation either. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a journey that only only I can take that I invite the the world to and it's it's um 
Mm. It really takes an open mind, as open as we want our, and fluid as we want our bodies to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's uh, we're questioning an unhealthy mind, meaning the mind that would cause constriction in the body. And when we look at emotions and, and, and constriction of the body, let's say, when we're experiencing that, we can look at um, our state of mind. And there's another worksheet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's the same worksheet, but we come at it from a different direction. And uh, not intentionally, but we're just filling the, the worksheet in again. And again, um, for your listeners, the worksheet, there's six questions on it. And, and then we question what we, the, the answers on that worksheet. What I have loved in, so I teach a course um, throughout the year, three or four of them a year. And one thing I've done is I have a, what I call a somatic self-inquiry exercise. And so it's inspired by the work and it's through sensation for people that really lose sensation easily and kind of get distracted by the thoughts. And what's so cool about that is people start doing the work from the beginning of this somatic self-inquiry, which is essentially just notice the first place I'm constricted. Mm -hmm. And if I just sit with that, a thought just kind of pops up out of that constriction. Yes. Because a lot of us don't even know that we're having a thought because they're so rapid fire and so subconscious. But that body shows us that the thought's there. So I'm saying this because I remember when I had this moment that awakened me to that. I was doing the work. I was driving in my car and I was feeling all this, um, all this, I would say anger might be the right emotion around someone that I that I thought didn't like my music. You know, I'm also a musician. I thought they don't like my music. And I was feeling the anger and from the anger came, they should like my music. And I sat, I put that, they should like my music through the work, the four questions. And then the turnarounds were out of this world because it seems so simple when I say it out loud, but when I felt you should like your music, when I felt that, or you know, I should like my music, everything changed from that moment to now (laughs) it became this like self-love affair with my own music i didn't even need her to like it anymore and there you know what falls away are are um what falls away is you're no longer doing music for other people yes you know you're you're the one and when you love your music you know it's it came out of you and And then others like it or they don't. But there's just something about that kind of authenticity that um, is um, is felt with music. And that's why I really feel this freedom from this, this these experiences I get from the work. Because now as a musician, there's this freedom of writing a song for my body instead of all the burden of, I have to write it this way so someone likes it. Yeah. And that freedom is so gooey. Oh, it's like, what percentage? 90, 99? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Someone in, invited me to speak when this, uh, years and years ago when the work had just found me and I didn't even know what they were talking about. And then I had the thought, um, well, what if no one shows up because I don't have anything to say? 
And what if no one shows up? And I, and you know, it's like, well, that can't happen if I show up. <laughs> and I love everything I think. So, you know, I'm always my audience. So I would show up and I like what I think. And it makes sense to me since the work found me. It's it's like going from hell into self-love. Mm. And our words become a song in our in our our instruments, you know, the body, the guitar, the piano, whatever it is, our voices, the instrument, mm-hmm. the gift. I love that example. Um because again, the first year of of, doing, of practicing the work, I was asked to speak. Uh, I was a nutritionist at the time, and I was asked to speak to cancer patients. And so I drove really far to this strange town, and I had this whole story of you know all these people in chairs waiting to hear me speak so brilliantly about cancer. And when I got in there, there were two people, and I was so grateful that I had the work because in real time, I was able to be like, okay let me run this through. I took like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I ran it through and I, I learned so much about cancer and I realized I was going there to learn about cancer. I wasn't going there to teach about it from these two people. Isn't it just, I, I love that so much. It's amazing. Plus you had an audience. And, and I had an audience, <laughs> but I, like, an like audience of three. <laughs> and, and like when you said, when you're your own audience, uh, every moment becomes fascinating um, I remember you because giving. There's no, there's no way you, you, you know what's going to come out of your, your, your music or your mouth. There's no way to know. It's, it's spontaneous. It's not planned. It's not manipulating. It's, it's clean. Right, right, right. I'm just feeling that for a moment because, you know, I'm curious. Uh, one thing a lot of people ask when you're doing work that helps you be present is they say things like, how do you plan for the future? And I'm, I would love you to tell us your personal experience of when you have like have a podcast or an event. What's that like for you? Well, um, I know you're my teacher, so I didn't have to plan. I'm here as a student, though we've never met. If I plan to go to the post office, or to vote, let's say I'm going to to vote. I know how to get in the car and how to drive the car. I don't have to remember. Mm. There's something that does. And we all know that if you think about where your hands are right now, you didn't think, oh, I think I'll put my hands here. And the same with your feet. You know, there's there's something beautiful going on, and I'm not the doer. Mm. I can see the I can see I'm going to the store. I can see the store in my mind's eye. And and the ego offers it up. Mm-hmm. And so I drive there. I have a, um, a list of what I want to buy. I more or less know where it is. And I don't have to plan. It's there. But if I think I'll forget something, I'll write it down. And, and uh, maybe I'll remember <laughs> That I have a list in my pocket, maybe not. <laughs> but um, no, no need to know, no need to know, no need to know. And um, I, um, um, 
the 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 don't know mind doesn't mean stupid. Mm. It allows wisdom to run our life, and and um, I love walking in the dark, and I walk fast, and I love the dark, and my feet know where to go. It feels so exciting when I think about that. Yeah, there's there's um. It's you know this this world is perfect. It's it's heaven literally, and but what we're thinking and believing about the world and ourselves could use a little work. Mm-hmm. When you talk about what you just spoke about, where the wisdom essentially like we're just moved by wisdom, we don't have to even think it; it just happens, right? Um, that's a pretty incredible experience when you're in that. And I guess I don't even know where I'm going with this, but just to say out loud, it's it's something that's rarely talked about. I don't really hear it talked about many places. Um, I think mostly from you. And I'm just curious, how, I don't even know where to go. I, I just want to ask you, for anyone listening, maybe for myself, what does it mean to not be the doer? Well, if you're if you're if you're driving your car and you're going you're on a hundred mile trip, let's say, and you're driving, and then you become aware that you haven't been thinking. You haven't even been thinking about driving. And it's been miles. Something new how to get you in this world from here to there that space from here to there and it'd be like walking you don't think well i put my foot here and then i'll lift the other one and then i'll put it down and there'll be ground there to support me and no you you you're you're on automatic i think that's what makes learning this work through you effective because it's interesting when i first started exploring it and practicing it, my my ego had stories about like becoming a doormat, you know, not not being able to work anymore because what's the purpose? Everything's perfect. I won't move. And then we see you, and you're a very honest person. I've seen you cut people off when you want to say something. You know, I've seen you just kind of being in the world, having a business. You have a necklace on. You've combed your hair. <laughs> it's like you're here. And I think it's just nice to kind of say that out loud for people who think when my ego isn't running it, life still happens beautifully. It's not the ego that makes life happen. What would you say to that? Um, Just to uh, not believe anything I say, but to test it for themselves. And, and, um, um, you know, when we wake up in the morning, we we think, um, I, I am, I am awake you know, which assumes that you've ever lived prior to that, other than what your mind shows you through images and and words, you know, if that's our only proof. (laughs) You know, so I wake up each morning with no past and live each moment with no past, but it doesn't mean I can't speak to it. Mm. And it doesn't even mean I'm speaking to it. And I don't mean to, um, you know, I want to answer your question and I don't want to sound weird, but you ask good questions. 
and and I'm no different than anyone else. You walk, you're thinking, and um, and you're you become aware that you're three blocks away from home, and it's like driving the car. You know, you miss the you miss the trees back there. Mm-hmm. You, you you didn't see the houses on that block. You um, you didn't see the sky. Mm. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's there, and you assume it's always been there. You could never be weird. You know, everything you're saying is so... It's just... It lands. You know, I love these answers so much. You know, when I was... when After the experience, I was walking, and I had no... I had no way of knowing that if I put my weight on mm. the next step, that the ground would hold me. Mm. None. That I would fall into an abyss. I didn't know. I didn't know. And I took the step and by some grace. And then the next step by some grace. And the next step by some grace. But we take the ground for granted. So how did you slash do you not go, quote, manic from gratitude? I mean, that's like so, that's such powerful gratitude. Oh, my God, the floor is there. Oh, my God, it's there again. Like, what, what's that like for you? Or what was that like? Manic, it wasn't like manic. It was, it was... Like, why didn't someone tell me? You know, I saw how my world was created. Well, like, why didn't someone tell me? It was so simple. Duh. Mm, mm. Oh, yeah. That's where it's at. I love that. So, okay. So I'm wondering, what would it be like um, to do a brief? We have like 15 minutes to do, to walk me through the work so people listening can hear how it goes. Would you open to that? Uh, yeah, let me let me check to to see. Oh, very open to it, honey. Of course. Um, let's let's see. Do I do I have that? I do. I do. So, oh, yay! Awesome. So yeah, do you have a worksheet? Um, I don't. I thought we could just go through the four questions together and turn arounds, just as okay. an example. Okay. Okay. So. Hmm. So. so what is the thought and what is the situation? So a uh, half hour before coming on to this podcast interview with you, I had the thought, I have to be really brilliant so Katie likes me. Okay. So you need Katie to like you. Mm-hmm. Is it true? And the whole thing is there. Is it true? that you need Katie to like you. In that one moment. In that situation that's going to happen in 15 minutes from now, you need to be brilliant. You need Byron Katie to like you. Yes, it was true in that moment. Okay, so go back to that moment and query it. Are you sure? That's the shortcut to the second question. (laughs) Mm, No. And some of you listening to this, you're still a yes. 
and we're just looking um, for um, your answer to the quarry, not someone else's. And there are only two answers to the first two questions. It's either yes or no, one syllable, either one of those. But it's it, they're there as an invitation for the authentic to meet them. So it can take a little time and sit in it and, again, invite wisdom to meet it. You know, as you drop in, this is personal work. So notice, Louise, how you reacted 15 minutes ago before the interview. How do you react? What happens when you think the thought, I need to be brilliant. I need Byron Katie to like me. Mm, my stomach and my chest immediately constricts with pressure. Started pacing around the kitchen a little bit. I almost started eating a bunch of chocolate. You know, there was this mm -hmm. desire, like, let's just eat a bunch of chocolate and get really high. So we're on, so we're on, that kind of thing. Yeah, that was how I was experiencing that moment. And your any other emotions in your chest, your belly, your shoulders, your legs, your anything else? Yeah, there's definitely a fear in the belly and almost a complete loss of awareness of the waist down. Okay. Like, wasn't even with my legs. Okay. So how do you react? What happens when you believe the thought? Those emotions cannot happen without the ego offering up images of past, future. There are, I need Byron Katie to like me. And it has in life, you can't just have that thought without images. It has to be both. Like if you hear a word you've never heard before, you don't have an image for it other than maybe the spelling. Mm. But if someone says, well, that's a language from a society you've never met before it means apple then like a child if you um if you say apple it doesn't know what you're talking about mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you say it enough at some point the child believes that the word apple means this round red thing let's say so now they're a believer and so you when you say that if I was sandwiched. I didn't notice it till now, but I was sandwiched between these images of extreme bullying, you know, in school, and this future image of the interview is going to be horrible, and she's going to leave in the middle of it, that kind of thing. That was okay. what was sandwiched there. Now you know the cause of your emotions. How do you react when you believe the thought, you need me to like you? You see the images and simultaneously the effects, the physical effects. Mm -hmm. as though it were happening mm. so that's how the world is that's how the that's how your world is is born 
It's it's like their images, they mean nothing without a name. So you see the image and then you experience the emotions. Mm. And we don't even know what's going on. We know the emotions are going on if we're in touch. But we don't know the cause. It's the images of past, future. That's why people want to live in the now. But I invite people to understand you can't. Now is also a story of the past. So it's no different than an apple. Mm -hmm. Okay, so sweetheart, you see, you experience the emotions, you see the images that are the cause of the emotions. And now who would you be without the thought that, that I need to like you? For you to be happy, I need to like you. I mean, um, quite literally, I'd be pouring myself a glass of water and sitting in my bed listening to some music and relaxing and getting excited to start the podcast with you. That's what I was about those thoughts. And there's also this like, um, there's this expansion in the chest. It's almost like all that rock, that hard, hardness just has liquefied. It feels so um, soft, which feels really, really uh, delightful, pleasurable even. And it becomes um, like a conversation that is emotive driven. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's a flow and a synchronicity and a no pressure on on you. And I think that's so, you know, for beginners, it's you know, you can write down the questions and there it is. It's held for you on paper. So all your worries down and <laughs> the focus <laughs> is on paper and the paper will hold it. It doesn't mind. I really like when you said about them, it's not motive driven. Mm. Could, as I was going through this with you just now, I could really feel parts of me that don't really care what happens. It's just so nice to be in front of you. Yeah, nice to, nice to be in front of you as well. So I need Katie to like me, to think I'm brilliant and to like me. How would you, who would you be without the thought? We looked at that. And so now let's turn it around. I need Byron Katie to think I'm brilliant and to like me. I don't need Byron Katie to think I'm brilliant. Okay. And and so give me an example. To be happy, you don't need me to like you or think you're brilliant. I mean, I'm I'm pretty happy almost all the time, and it's not because you like me or think I'm brilliant, right? That's one reason. I don't think there's anything more, anyone, anything more brilliant than an open state of mind. So to sit in, who are we without you know a plan? 
And I'm not, again, I'm, I'm not uh, inviting people not to plan. This isn't about don'ts. This is about being, you know, just waking up to reality. We can have it all. It's just that the plan follows, if the plan falls through, I see why that's an advantage to me, because it is. Mm -hmm. That's how the universe is. Mm -hmm. It's not fighting against us. That's just the ego. The world is a gift. I love that. A state of mind, heaven or hell. And there's a way out of hell. <laughs> and we're sure talking about it today together. Also, I feel that difference between like motive and presence. Mm. And it really is brilliant. The presence is so brilliant, much more brilliant than motive for me. I really love that. So I need Byron Katie um, to think I'm brilliant and to like me. Another turnaround is I need Byron Katie not to think I'm brilliant and not to like me. Mm. So um, just ponder that. What might be the gift in that? Yeah, if you don't think I'm brilliant and you don't like me, then first of all, I survive that. You know, nothing's going to happen to me because of that. So it's fun to see I could survive something that my ego was so afraid of. It's also nice to feel, to feel my own presence with myself in the face of someone not liking me. Like, it's okay not to be liked. That feels really nice. And also, if I don't see you as brilliant, it doesn't mean you're not. Maybe my definition of brilliance is, just does not meet your definition. Mm -hmm. Love that. I'm really feeling the childlike quality of the ego. Um, this like entitlement of really thinking it needs these things from people to feel safe. It's so interesting. I'm also feeling um, in that place of, I need Byron Kitty to not like me and not think I'm brilliant. It invites me to a living turnaround of, I need me to think I'm brilliant. I yes. need me to like me. And I feel, I feel that it's like, oh, I, I do like me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like me a lot. Like, I don't really care if Byron Katie likes me. Yeah. And, and you look for what you consider to be brilliant. And, and it doesn't mean that the world's going to agree with that. It's, um, and what a relief for people around me you know, when I'm able to show up without that claw, you know, onto them. Huge, huge. We move from a plan to, um, to what flows. I'll leave that one to you. It's just such a relief. Yeah, you said it. Even when you were saying that, I, I heard goes from a plan to a relationship. Like I'm just relating to you. I'm yeah. not trying to dominate or yeah. plan anything. That's beautiful. Or not trying to match or mm -hmm. dominate or just coming in as authentically you. Mm -hmm. Here I am. Mm. I, 
want to respect your time. I think that was, that felt really good to me for people to hear and follow with us. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it too. I want you to see me as brilliant as a separator too. Hmm. Tell me about that. Well, if I you if I want you to see me as brilliant, then um, gosh, I don't know how to describe it. I don't want you to see me as more or less than the way you see me. Love it. Not as brilliant. It's respectful. See me the way you see me. That's so interesting because it also, it, for me, it means that I could miss the way you see me because I'm wanting you to see me as brilliant. Yes. But there's some other way you see me that I'm missing. Yes. Yeah. And you've, you can see that when you take off the blinders, just as you, just as we witnessed you do. And this is that biology of presence I was talking about when I go through the work and I go through the turnarounds. It was just... 13, 14 minutes, you know, it wasn't that long. It can be longer, but it was 14 minutes and my body feels so settled in the chair. And I, I feel so connected with you in the silence. It just feels so nice. Home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gosh, the painful, it's a painful world to attempt to Manipulate the way others see us. Mm. Mm. A painful state of mind. I did it for so many years. Yeah, and those of you listening, it's not right or wrong. It's just painful, and and it's just something to notice. And I can't stop it if I believe that's what I need, but I can question it. Just the way we're watching you, Louise, do that. And that's how the work fosters a self-relating for me is this place of this love making with myself. It just removes this desire to have me be seen anyway by anybody because I'm so safe and secure with me. They're like everyone's a bonus. They're not like the security. Mm -hmm. And that's that's been so life-changing for me. Right. Is there anything you want? to say or leave us with or invite us to well you know actually um what comes to my mind is um before the interview i went to your podcast loved it and following now mm. and grateful and to meet you is um is um just a beautiful it's just a lovely just an, a beautiful experience, Louise. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Mm. Thank you for teaching so many of us. You really, you changed my life and so many other people by just <laughs> inviting us to question these thoughts. It's pretty profound. Thank you. And I've got some podcasts to catch up with you. So... <laughs> Talk later. <laughs> Talk later, my friend. Bye. Bye-bye. If you're interested in learning more about Byron Katie's work, please visit thework.com. So that's the end of today's episode. Notice where you feel the episode inside of your body. Those sensations, those expressions. That's how your body speaks to you. 
sit with it, be with it, and let whatever wants to come up, come up. Because all the wisdom you're looking for is right there in those sensations. If you want to go deeper into these practices or find more information about my work, please visit holisticlifenavigation.com. I'll see you next time. Did you know your food cravings are actually a doorway to your subconscious? They are. We tend to see cravings as something bad or something we just give into mindlessly. But when you embody your cravings, you're able to notice they're just blossoming from a certain place that has a certain need and needs your attention. Join me on Wednesday, May 29th, as I unpack this in a new webinar called Cravings Destigmatized. In this webinar, I'll help you learn the difference between a nutritional craving and an emotional craving, as well as how do we use cravings to get in touch with our unmet needs and any of our unconscious, unprocessed emotional experiences. It begins at 4 p.m. Eastern, and everyone who registers will get a replay. You can find the link in the episode details, and you can also go to www.holisticlifenavigation.com and click on events, and the information is right there. Hope to see you there.